Web 2.0. Innovation. Trend. Collaboration. Software. Metadata. Got the world turning as fast as it can? Hear how technology can help. Legally speaking, with two of the top legal technology experts, authors, and lawyers, Dennis Kennedy and Tom Mile. Welcome to the Kennedy Mile Report here on the Legal Talk Network. And welcome to episode 329 of the Kennedy Mile Report. I'm Dennis Kennedy in Ann Arbor. And I'm Tom Mile in Dallas. Well, another year is in the books, and we've reached episode 329 of this podcast on legal technology with an internet focus, and we're about to start year 17 of the podcast. In our last episode, I once again tricked Tom into talking about Twitter, Twitter alternatives, and whether people should stay or go with Twitter, which... Everything was changing within a day or so after we recorded the episode. But we, have, more important for for those of you in the audience, we, we use Twitter as an example in that podcast of how you think about either staying with or leaving any technology that is part of your tech stack. In this episode, it's time for our annual end of the year tradition. Tom, what's all on our agenda for this episode? Well, Dennis, in this edition of the Kennedy Mile Report, we will indeed be wrapping up 2022 in our traditional style. Longtime listeners will know that uh, ESPN's Pardon the Interruption show, a.k.a. PTI, with Tony Kornheiser and Michael Wilbon was one of the inspirations for this show many, many years ago. Our tradition is to use some of the elements of PTI for the format of this recap episode. And to do that, we have a special guest, our favorite fan of the show, Debbie Foster. Thanks for joining us on this episode, Debbie. Thank you for having me. Happy to be here. And for those of you unfamiliar with the PTI format, we're going to have three segments. Toss-up, in which we purposely take opposing sides of a legal tech topic, which will be interesting since there are three of us. What's the word, in which we fill in the blank on a statement about a legal tech topic with a well-chosen word, or sometimes words. And our own new segment, Hot or Not, in which we categorize a legal tech topic as hot, not, or something in between. And then we're going to end with a fast response, big finish to give you, Debbie and Dennis, a sneak preview of the results. Again, indeed, the results every year that we do this. I win every segment. Yeah. Oh, come on. Tom. I thought we were going to Jeez. change it up this year. All right. So let's get started. Debbie, uh, for those of you in the audience who haven't met Debbie, Debbie, could you introduce yourself? Tell us everybody who you are. Absolutely. My name is Debbie Foster. I'm with Affinity Consulting, and I am, as Tom said, a super fan of the podcast and love coming back every year to help out with the PTI episode. Well, thank you, Debbie, and good luck to you in this game, and thank you in advance for helping me celebrate my victory (laughs) at the end. Our first segment is called Toss Up. In toss-up, we're all required to take a different side of each topic. We argue our positions, and at the end, again, I declare myself the winner. Dennis, are those rules clear? No agreeing. You know, I actually disagree about the rules and the results. In fact, I disagree with the whole system. But here's our first three-sided toss-up question. What was the biggest lesson we learned about legal tech in 2022? Tom. You know, when I started to look at some of these questions that we're going to do, 
I realized how far away I am from legal tech. So I'm going to I'm going to be a provocateur and I'm going to uh, sit back and let other legal tech experts really talk about many many things, but to me, I would say that if I had to if I had to take a title for 2022, I would say the more things change, the more things stay the same, which is we continue to see some advancements in things, but then we also continue to see lawyers not doing the same stuff that they're doing. I feel like it's a broken record and that things Things are not improving the way it just seems to me that things are not improving the way we would want them to to improve. You know, after we talk about the whole uh, advanced 10 years and 10 months argument of COVID, I feel like we really haven't done much since that time to uh, accelerate or move things forward. But I may be wrong because I'm not in the picture that often. Debbie, how do you feel? You know, it's a little bit of a mixed bag for me. In some respects, I hang up off of on phone calls or Zoom calls and I think I'm going to have a job forever. There will never be a day that I don't have a job helping people think differently about how they get their work done. But then there are times too when I talk to a firm who's really struggling and they make strong decisions and they spend money and they really think about automation and workflow and the things that can really make a difference in their firms. Part of it, I think, is that there's just so many that we're lagging behind that I don't think there's ever going to be a time that we check everyone off the list and get on to the next thing. So I think there, there's been movement for sure, but I think there, this will, will, I'll say the same thing next year and the year after and the year after, because there's still a lot of people to bring along. So what I'm going to, I'm going to go a little further. I'm going to say there is never a lesson learned. I mean, there's part of the time when you were talking about the 10 years and 10 months, I wanted to go, I wanted to say like, this year's felt like we've moved, we've advanced 10 days in the last 10 months. But I, it's a, it really is a, a, a mixed bag. And, and I think we're going to see this retrenchment coming because of concerns about the economy and, and the legal profession worried it's overhired and some, some interesting, not necessarily competitive, but some sort of systems pressures that are, are likely to, to come. So I think that uh, what I would hope the lesson would be that invest in technology that makes sense for what you're doing. But I sort of feel it, that the legal profession and legal tech tends to dabble, tend to be disappointed that some technology that was never intended to te- to replace lawyers actually doesn't replace lawyers, and then people retrench. And I, I sort of think we're back there again. All right. Here's our second toss-up. Uh, the, the statement is, the most interesting legal tech developments are happening in the collaboration technology space. Debbie. So I don't, like, I don't know that I would say it's the most interesting, but if I'm talking about collaboration, in the last week... I have had at least two, maybe even three conference calls, which are so awkward and weird. And I don't even know how we do business over conference call anymore. I've gotten documents back to me that are not properly redlined in a a deal that I'm working on. I don't see a whole lot of development there. And I, you know, back to my earlier comments, still see a lot of people who are stuck in the way they've always done it. I was really struggling to think about what are the most interesting legal tech developments that are happening right now. And I don't have a a big list there, but I don't think it's happening in collaboration. Dennis. Well, since Tom and I wrote this absolutely amazing book about collaboration uh, tools and technologies, I sort of feel like, like you do in some ways that there is this probably not intentionally, but sort of lawyers are 
kind of falling into the collaboration space. And so if I have uh, one sort of motto or one principle for for legal technology in 2022, it just comes down to make it easy for people to work with you. And I think that that just gets you into all the collaboration spaces. Make it easy for people to pay you. Make it easy easy for people to hire you. Make it for people easy to work with you. Make it easy to work on documents. And I think that that all sort of leads people into these into the collaboration spaces. And and so I do think that probably what we're seeing and and. Tom will probably talk about Microsoft Teams and other things like that. But I, I do think that most of the interesting, really interesting stuff, uh, and we'll talk about AI in a little bit, uh, but I think the really on the ground interesting stuff is happening in collaboration space. So what I'll say here is is, is kind of a counterpoint to, to Debbie, which is I don't get to see how law firms and lawyers are managing in in legal tech developments, but I see how the normal business world is. And I will say that my impressions of the the 10, 10 years and 10 months for the business world really did happen because businesses were forced to collaborate and businesses get it where law firms do not, where law firms are slower. And my clients, they're, for the most part, there's going to be some differences, but for the most part, they are much better at collaborating than they used to be. I mean, it is, a to me, a world of difference than it would be working with lawyers. Um, it, there's still stuff to learn, but they expect it. That's part of the, that's part of the whole thing is, is that now... Rather than uh, rather than come and spend a week on site, because lots of them are back in the office now, so it's not. Although a lot of them still aren't in the office now, it's well. We expect that we'll have all of these interviews by Zoom. We expect that we'll be collaborating this way, and so it's become an expectation. So I guess my my point here is it is is that the most interesting tech development that should be happening for lawyers is collaboration. I'm not sure that that's the case. Mm. Well, toss-up number three is with GPT-3, DALI-2, ChatGPT, and other new generative AI tools. AI has really, really arrived. Dennis? You know, possibly, maybe, but I would say not in ways that people actually expect at the moment. So I'm going to teach a class in AI and law next semester. And one of the things I'm going to start with is to say that for the last 70 years, AI has been uh, two years away from really happening for 70 years. So and in 1982, when I was in law school, we were talking about AI and it was, again, like two years away. But I do think these new developments with generative AI are giving us some practical examples of and have gotten people's interest up in in certain areas and you can see actual practical results and and people are more willing to experiment with them and so i think that's going to push people to try new things and then i think once they pull back from saying oh can ai replace lawyers to say who cares about that but what can what can these new ai tools actually do for us um and time and i've talked about this in the podcast you know from first drafts to summaries to you know uh creating images of things and uh videos and other stuff uh, as a first draft type of thing i think it's really cool stuff that's that's happening and i think it's probably as arrived as it's ever 
has been, but it's, you know, in two years from now, we, we might, we'll probably be saying the same thing. So I will argue that to the mainstream user, to the person who is going to probably make very little use of AI tools, I would say that these types of new tools make it feel as if it has arrived. It, it is accessible now to the average user. You can go in and, you know, I went into ChatGPT and I said, write me a poem about, and I talked about this, I think, on the last paragraph, uh, on the last podcast, write me a poem about the uh, Senate runoff in Georgia. And it did. And it wasn't the best poem in the world, but it was relevant. And it had the right people's names. And it, it said all sorts of things. And to me, uh, the average, just the mainstream user, that was sort of magical that it could just do that and come up with something like that. And um, I use some of the tools that I put my photo in and then I tell them I want to take my screen, my headshot and turn it into kind of a Van Gogh painting um, in the style of, of uh, the 1950s Art Deco or something like that. And it doesn't always do a great job of it, but it does something. It tries hard and you can see what it was trying to do. So I think that for all intents and purposes for the average user, I think that it's gotten to a point where it's usable, where it's something that people can use. Is there more to come? Absolutely. Is it going to continue to improve? Are we going to see more things? Is it going to be to a time where lawyers can actually make use of it? I don't know the answer to that, but I think that there are aspects of AI now that I think are accessible enough to where the mainstream user feels like it's arrived. Debbie. So, I don't know that I'm the average mainstream user, but I'm certainly not a super user. I might like be one micro step up from the average user when it comes to AI. And interestingly enough, this past September, I was at a conference in Boston for the HubSpot conference. And there was a product there called Jasper AI they were exhibiting. And I was like, tell me about this. They're like, oh, it's artificial intelligence. I roll my eyes like, whatever. And they're like, oh, let's write a blog post. And I gave them a topic and they wrote it and I read it. And I was like, holy bleep, how much is this? And they said $458. And I said, can I give you my credit card right now? And I did. And I bought it. And we have used it. I don't know if you know who Dharmesh Shah is, but he's one of the co-founders of HubSpot. And he had a quote yesterday on his LinkedIn profile that said, Netscape was to the internet what chat GPT is to artificial intelligence. The internet existed before Netscape, but the browser helped millions of mere mortals connect the dots on what could be done and dream of what could be. AI existed before chat GPT, but dot, dot, dot. And I thought that was a really interesting take on it. So I actually think that it has arrived and people who explore ChatGPT or Jasper uh, really can get a very practical example of something that's more than just like, oh, you know how when you go to Netflix and it said people who watch this could also watch that, which I think was, was or relatable your Amazon to shopping us. List, yes. Or your Amazon shopping, like those things were relatable, but this like write me a poem about the Georgia runoff or why do law firms need strategic planning and boom, all of a sudden you have a 250 word blog post about it that you just have to tweak a bit, I think is a game changer. I'm there with you, Debbie. And I, I think if you have that realistic perspective, it's going to really open your eyes and uh, open up your wallet too, as you said. So toss up number four, our last one. If you were to sum up your thoughts on 2022, 
Where and how would you do that? A tweet stream, a Substack newsletter, a YouTube video, TikTok, a Discord server, uh, an NFT, chat, GPT-3 document you generated, a podcast, or, or something else? Tom? Okay, first I'm going to say where I wouldn't do it. Um, I wouldn't do it in a tweet stream because, my God, Twitter is dying so fast. Even since our last podcast, it's dying even harder. So no tweet stream. I'm not going to do it in NFT. No way I'm going to do crypto. I mean, hell no, I'm never going to do crypto because, my gosh, have you read the news lately? So for purposes of this discussion, I was going to go with TikTok. I'm a little nervous about the fact that the entire United States government and every state is trying to ban TikTok um, because it's owned by a Chinese company. But I will say I have gotten very interested in how TikTok works and how the algorithm gives you interesting things to see. Uh, and so I am very intrigued by TikTok as a means to sum up my thoughts on 2022. So I'm going to go with TikTok. I think that it's got lots of audience. It has lots of potential. It's short form stuff. So I like that because you're not uh, spending a lot of time. You're spending short amounts of time. It's not People have to read your long newsletter or, uh, or other things. I would say that the Discord server comes in at a second as a close second for me because I'm really intrigued with the idea of community, and that seems to be one one of the easy uh, easy ways to entry for uh, for a community. But uh, TikTok's my bet. Debbie, how about you? You know, I'm pretty sure on this la on the last last year's episode of this, I said I didn't even have a tip TikTok account. So I am one step further. I actually have a TikTok account, but I think mm -hmm. I've only opened TikTok on my phone one or two times. So I'm but it's definitely not on TikTok. For me, I think it would be the old fashioned YouTube video, maybe a podcast. Dennis. You know, for me, as a content creator more and more. Uh, my answer is like all of the above and more. The more outlets and channels, the better. I'm looking to refine. So if you go back to our last podcast, I'm looking to refine some of the things I do. But I I want a diverse portfolio of, of channels and outlets because I don't know what to expect. I think there's more uncertainty than ever. And I think it's good to get stuff out. Where I'm most likely to go and a, a hint for what what you'll see from me in uh, 2023 is is Mighty Networks community. I think that that's where I'm going to put a lot of effort to have a very targeted community and reach out to them in a number of ways to try to create community in addition to, to pushing content. And that does it for Toss Up. And as I said at the beginning, I think it's pretty clear that I won this segment. No, I think I won. Oh, come on. We were really good. <laughs> we were good. All right. Before we move on to our next segment, let's take a quick break for a word from our sponsors. Be the best resource you can for your Spanish-speaking clients with the Spanish Group's Legal Translation Service. Experienced translators ensure accurate translation of your documents with same-day delivery. Confidentiality is ensured, and the Spanish Group guarantees acceptance for certified translations. All that and their rates are competitive. If you need other languages, the Spanish group translates in over 140 languages. Mention Legal Talk 20 when you request your quote for 20% off your first translation. Visit thespanishgroup.org. If you're like me, you're probably a bit frustrated with the state of our political system today. Democracy Decoded, a podcast by Campaign Legal Center, examines our government and discusses innovative ideas that could lead to a stronger, more transparent, accountable, and inclusive democracy. Listen at democracydecoded.org to their new season, which takes a deep dive into democracy at the state and local level. 
by highlighting different ways to ensure that every voter's voice is heard. And we are back. Tom, what will you be rigging the judging on next? Dennis, the answer to that question is, what's the word? In this segment, we have a sentence about a legal tech topic with a blank in it. Each of us has to come up with the best word to fill in the blank. Dennis, what is our first sentence? The one thing that should be at the top of every lawyer's must-learn list is... Tom. This is going to be a short podcast because I'm just going to say collaboration, collaboration, collaboration the whole time. Um, like, what's his name? Uh, Balmer. Developers, developers, <laughs> developers. I'm going to say collaboration constantly. But I think it is. I think that lawyers, anybody, I think we have to get better at collaboration. I, I won't really belabor the point there. It's hard to pick any good one because I think all three of us are going to pick something that's valid. Uh, it's something that all lawyers need to learn. So I'll just choose collaboration as one of the three. So for me, I agree with Tom and I couldn't say the same thing. So I decided to take a different path and say the one thing that should be at the top of every lawyer's must learn list is dealing with people, relationships, culture, employee engagement, emotional intelligence, like all of the soft skill things that are often at the bottom of the list. I think that should get to the top. And they're especially there in in technology, which I, I think too few people realize. So my my one word and my one thing is cybersecurity. And I just taught a class in cybersecurity and data protection. And in all the work we did in the class and all the research I did around it, boy, lawyers are just terrible at cybersecurity. I mean, it's it's embarrassing. And we're in the the worst threat environment ever. I mean, like where, where it's realistic to be talking about uh, cyber warfare. We have ransomware and we have all these new things, zero day attacks. Like there's so much going on. And I just think as a profession, um, cybersecurity for protecting our clients and ourselves as well has to be job one. All right. Time for our next What's the Word? And the sentence is, the one technology tool all lawyers should be using more of is blank. Debbie? So mine is a, it has a, a collaboration flavor, but coming off of a couple of projects and having conversations with clients about how they figured out ways to use their matter management software to better internally collaborate on how work is getting done. Almost like a project, project management tool inside their matter management tool has revolutionized how they practice. And I would love to see more people adopting that. Dennis. I'm going to say Notion because I love it. Uh, So Notion is this great uh, online database tool, almost like a wiki tool, but uh, with a great graphic interface. And I'm doing so much with it. It's It's the foundation of my second brain project. And I just keep coming up with more ways to use it. And they are building generative AI into the tool. So I think everybody should be using that. But if that's not what you want to do as a lawyer, I would say number one would be a password manager. Mm. Tom. And here I come again with a collaboration tool, which is Microsoft Teams. I've mentioned this multiple times. Dennis already predicted earlier that I was going to mention it. And this is only the first of probably six times I'm going to mention it in this podcast. I think Teams is a must have. I, I hear lots of complaints these days about, oh, it doesn't work this and we don't like that. And the video's better in Zoom and blah, blah, blah. But for collaboration purposes, if you understand how it works and how you can absolutely use it, 
It has changed the way that my team works with each other. And to a certain extent, it has changed the way that we work with our clients. The amount of email that we exchange these days is down to zero. I mean, we literally don't communicate with each other by email anymore. And um, I I think we're all the better for it. So I think that um, take the time to learn teams and it will, I think it will take care of you. All right. So uh, number three, the experience of new law school grads and law students starting work in law firms can best be described as Dennis. My word is flashbacky. So I'm in with my students and there's this whole room of people with these, you know, Mac laptops. And then I will ask them about their experience when they work in law firms. And (laughs) the stories you hear are just amazing. It's almost like they feel they're walking like back in time when they go into into a law office. And, And it makes me wonder, like, of practicing lawyers today at firms, how many of those lawyers are actually embarrassed by the technology their firms make them use today? Tom? The word that I have is the hyphenate, not unusual. And the reason why I say that is, all right, you talk about people coming in with their Macs and law students coming in with their Macs. And I don't know that your experience is any different from my experience when I was at the law firm. It's now been 15 years since I was at the law firm where the younger associates were definitely digital natives. They definitely were born in with the technology. They knew it. But that doesn't mean they know how to use the technology that a law firm needs to use. That doesn't mean they know how to create a table of contents or table of authorities in Word, or they know how to how to sort in Excel, or they know how to redact a document in Acrobat. I mean, I think that they understand the tools and how the tools work, but that doesn't mean that they know them any better and they still need, I mean, I, the only, I, I think what makes that easier for younger generations is it makes the learning curve shorter. It makes change management probably easier. But then again, when they see older generations in law firms uh, or, or maybe IT departments not caring as much about technology, it doesn't give these younger lawyers a lot of incentive to uh, improve themselves on it either. Debbie. My word is painful. And, you know, my firsthand experience of talking to associates in law firms, they uh, are almost always scratching their head about something. I think they learn bad habits. I think it's, it's harder for them to be mentored and to, you know, get that practical experience when they're always struggling with technology. And unfortunately, that's true almost everywhere I go. So painful is my word. And that is it for What's the Word? And I have racked up another Tomorific victory. <laughs> oh, come on, Tom. That's Dennis, not even a word. Den- Dennis made up the word anyway. So, I mean, I'm just reading what he wrote in the script. So, all right, there's no time for more comments. We are going to move on to our final segment, but let's first take a quick break for a message from our sponsors. Delegate out those tasks that take up your time. Staffy can help you with your legal, administrative, marketing, and even client facing workload. Hiring Staffy's top-notch bilingual virtual staff means Staffy does the recruiting, hiring, and training for you. Then, if you need a change, Staffy handles it. You get to concentrate on your strategic work. Schedule a free consultation at staffy.cc. That's S-T-A-F-I dot C-C. And get $500 off with code HAPPY24. Filing court documents, serving legal papers, collecting electronic signatures, all critical parts of the litigation process, yet ones that are time-consuming and error-prone. But what if you could do more straight from your case or document management software? 
InfoTrack automates data entry, document selection, tracking, and information syncing across all these core tasks and more by integrating with your core systems like Clio, Smokeball, Leap, MyCase, and others. Spend more time on substantive legal work and less time on busy work. Learn how simple it can be at infotrack.com slash simple. And now let's get back to the Kennedy Mile Report. I'm Tom Mile. And I'm Dennis Kennedy, along with our special guest, Debbie Foster. I'm not sure about the judging on this show. Tom is acting like the referees at a Dallas Cowboys home game. If that were the case, the Cowboys would have a much better record than they currently have. So I'm not sure that's true. So let's move on. It's time for our new segment and our final segment, Hot or Not. Tom, fire away with the first topic. Hot or not, VC investment in legal tech in 2022. Debbie. Not hot at all. I, th- I think it's less than a slow burn compared to last year, the year before, the year before. Dennis. I think it's a, a nice little crackling campfire, not the raging bonfire of last year. I think there's a little bit more going on than, than people think, but I think it's a, a nice, small, comfortable blaze. From my position, not being completely within the legal technology area, I don't see anything high or low. I see that it's still happening, but I don't see that it's happening amazingly. And so I'm just going to say it's a comfortable 98.6 normal uh, human temperature. Uh, Not feverish, but uh, also not frigid either. All right. So uh, hot or not, access to justice technologies. Dennis. I have this at simmering. I, I think there's so much potential and so much stuff about to get started in access to justice and some things already happening. And I think there's a lot, a lot of simmering. It just hasn't t- turned over to the boil yet. I think that could happen in the next year or two. Um, but there is so much potential in that space. Tom? So I'm going to modify yours slightly and say perennially simmering, because isn't that the answer that we give every year? Isn't it that there's so much potential that it's just on the verge, that it could be doing it? And it doesn't do it. And again, I'm out of the, I'm outside looking in on this, but it seems like there's just so much that's not happening. And so I, I, I just have to say it's there and it's ready, but it's not happening yet. And I, I would say like the same comment about AI, like we're two years away from it being here, right? It's like the same story. There are a lot of busy people, but I don't see a whole lot happening, but lots of people are talking about it. So that's where I am. All right. Last one. Tom, increasing law firm tech budgets. All right. So uh, being where I am, I'm going to say that that is Texas without a power grid cold. I just don't see that happening. I see, especially as we're headed into uh, uh, a potential recession, I see budgets decreasing. I see places to cut. Um, I see, uh, you know, organizations maybe moving to things like Microsoft 365 because they can save money by moving things to the cloud. Uh, But I certainly don't see them doing a whole lot of other investment in law firm technology. Debbie. I have see exactly the opposite. I don't think, I think I've had more people in the last couple of months talk to me about budget numbers for 2023 and more uh, people signing off on proposals in December this year than I have seen before. So I, I think there's, wow. there's stuff happening. And I think I call it glacier renewing cold in recognition of climate change. So I think there are some spots, um, and I think Debbie is is definitely in a space where you see some of that commitment. And I also think 
you're going to see some innovators and some others. But I think for the most part, you're going to see uh, law firms especially and some law departments as well uh, look at, at the possibility of recession and see the tech budget as a place where they can get savings. Uh, so I would actually expect to see some decreases, although some people might lie about those decreases and say that they are, they are holding the same or bumping slightly. And the script says that I won again, and that's hot. But I'm gonna. But based on this last answer, I'm gonna say, you know what? I did not win this one. So uh, uh, I'm gonna let's let's move on and not dwell on that. Uh, so it's time for the big finish. Um, we're gonna answer six questions in sixty seconds. Debbie, number one for you. What's your best tech decision of 2022? I bought a new Apple Watch and I am a huge fan. I had one before. I, I didn't wear it for a couple of years. I bought a new one and big fan. Oh, Dennis, <laughs> what's your favorite new tech tool? Sorry. <laughs> it's going to be Notion again, or as Deb and I enthused about a while back, Calendly, which is so helpful for me on setting Zoom appointments. Tom, best new Google or Microsoft product or service? Well, so I'm going to say with qualifications, I'm going to say my Google Pixel watch is amazing because I finally now have a watch that connects to my phone. It's a 1.0 release, so it's got a lot of improvements. It's no Apple Watch, but it connects. It does what I need to do, what it needs to do, and I'm looking forward to the new iterations of it. Alternatively, I will say I like the fact that I no longer have to say, hey, Google, to my, uh, and although it's just answered me right now, um, I no longer have to say it if I don't want to. Um, I can speak to it normally like a regular human being, which is more than I can say for our friends at Amazon and Siri. Debbie, what tech do you most want your law firms to explore in 2023? I'm going to go with automation, workflow, getting some systems in place, because I do think Another thing that we've read about forever about the billable hour dying, I think that there's more and more conversation around how value pricing can happen in law firms. And I think that can't happen without workflow and automation. And I think that's where I want our clients to be looking in 2023. Dennis, best new tech you saw in 2022 that people will be talking about in 2023 and 2024? I think this has to be generative AI again, but in targeted use cases. So I think this small, think small, um, think practical. Uh, don't say, is this going to replace the lawyer? But say, what could this do? Like if I, can I generate summaries? Can I take a 1200 word draft and turn it into 500 words? Can I create uh, slides for my PowerPoint, uh, you know, with, with new new graphic images. That's what I think is going to happen. And then gradually we'll see this build out into things like document uh, generation and uh, legal document generation for commodity documents. And so the world is exciting there. And Tom, your best tip overall for 2023. So you're wanting me to do my best tip for a year that hasn't even started yet for the whole year. Yes. So no. Because you're that good. I'm gonna, you're that good. No, I'm going to cop out. I'm going to say, look, buy our book, The Lawyer's Guide to Collaboration Tools and Technologies Work from Home Edition. That tip will last you the whole year. And listen to our podcast. We have some new and interesting ideas for the show coming up in 2023. So stick around. 
So that was 2022, a year that in some ways felt like a bit of a lull, but upon reflection, saw a lot of movement under the surface. We're all cautiously ready to move on to 2023, because we always have to be cautious these years, it seems like, with a bunch of great new topics and ideas to share with you. Thank you, Debbie, for joining us. Debbie, uh, will you tell people how best to reach you? Absolutely. And thanks for having me. I think the best way is probably LinkedIn, linkedin.com forward slash Debbie Foster. You can search for me there, connect, send me a message. We'd love to hear from you. And happy new year to all. And so that wraps it up for this final edition of the Kennedy Mile Report for 2022. Thanks for joining us on the podcast. You can find show notes for this episode on the Legal Talk Network's page for the show. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to our podcast in iTunes on the Legal Talk Network site where you can find archives of all of our previous shows or in your favorite podcast listening app. If you'd like to get in touch with us, reach out to us on LinkedIn. You just say Twitter. I'm not saying that anymore. Um, or leave us a voicemail. We still love to get your voicemails uh, to have questions during our B segment. That phone number is 720-441-6820. So until the next podcast, I'm Tom Mile. And I'm Dennis Kennedy, and you've been listening to the Kennedy Mile Report, a podcast on legal technology with an internet focus. If you like what you heard today, please rate us an Apple podcast, and we'll see you next time for another episode of the Kennedy Mile Report on the Legal Talk Network. Thanks for listening to the Kennedy Mile Report. Check out Dennis and Tom's book, The Lawyer's Guide to Collaboration Tools and Technologies, Smart Ways to Work Together, from ABA Books or Amazon. And join us every other week for another edition of the Kennedy Mile Report, only on the Legal Talk Network. <laughs>